On this edition of Oski Talk, we talk about students returning to campus as well as the Big Ten's plans for a bubble for the winter sports. And we have an interview with Alex Rue from Big Ten Network. Enjoy. This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. And Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Hedizone and Mariah Guzman. Thank you both for coming on the show. Not a ton to talk about, but it's great to have you guys with us. Good to be here, as always. Yeah, we love catching up, Anthony, so we're, we're ready to go. We do have some news to get into, so let's get right into the front page. First and foremost on the front page is the fact that students are now going to be joining some of the athletes on campus as classes start soon and students are moving in this week. Two of those students include Patrick and Mariah. So what's it like being out in Champaign? Well, I feel like I'll go first here because I've been in Champaign for the longest. Um, but it was funny because I was driving to campus uh, just a couple days ago to go pick up the handy-dandy PPE kit that they give out. And um, <laughs> and Anthony's already making fun of me for the way I talk. And anyways, you know, I'm driving into campus. I'm on Kirby, headed towards uh, Memorial Stadium kind of area. And I just see you know, traffic increase and like signs pointing to help uh, point parents to dorms and things like that. So I feel like that's when it really clicked for me that people were actually coming back to campus because I feel like I've been here for so long. It felt normal to me, but I feel like Patrick has had a very different experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I arrived on campus Friday and then I left for a little bit, came back um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting. I, I think the one thing I would emphasize about specifically the spit test is it's more of a, it's more of a drool test, believe it or not. You, you literally stand there Ooh. in a, in a, like, have you not done it yet, Mariah? No, I have to do it, um, Friday because I need to do it Friday and Tuesday. Like that needs to be my schedule. So, um, and that's going to be my schedule for the rest of the semester actually. So I have not done it. That's weird. Drool? Like, what do you, how yeah, do you so do? What? You basically, you sit in, or you stand in a square, like six feet apart from other people, and you literally drool into a little tube, and then they're able to tell whether or not you have COVID based on your drool, but you're like drooling there for like 15 minutes. You're just like, because you have to fill it up to a certain amount. It's really, it's <laughs> right. pretty gross, actually. It's a lot grosser than I thought it would yeah. be. Um, but that being said, it's keeping everybody safe. I felt like that first week, um, our first couple of days, people have been more anxious, but now with more and more people testing negative, I feel like they the guards have been let down a little bit, but I assume that's going to come back with more right, and more like, people, um, coming on campus and more and more positivity. Yeah. Like you, like you said, before we started, you were talking, it, it's kind of like a, 
a burden off your shoulders knowing that you're walking around negative instead of walking around pretty much not knowing. But it seems like Illinois has a good grasp on all the testing two times a week for everybody there. But the fact of the matter is the population in that town is going up a ton in the next couple of weeks. So there probably is going to be a decent number of students who come in and test positive. And going forward from there, it's just about like damage control yeah. pretty Monday much. Monday we saw UNC close down, um, and Tuesday now we've seen Notre Dame close down. So two school, two big schools in the ACC closing down because they had too many uh, positivity cases. Um, the positivity rate went up. So um, I think the, the, the plan at University of Illinois is comprehensive enough where we probably won't have that, but I you can't be sure enough. Those I mean, those schools didn't test like we are. And you, have, you have to get tested twice a week to um, – get building access so as somebody who now has building access it is um it's 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 somewhat difficult to get it right and didn't um I think it's a different situation than UNC but I think Michigan State is just going fully online like they're not even messing with any students coming back I don't think yeah Notre Dame is I thought I just saw that today Notre Dame is just going all online they're not sending any students back per se but if if it gets worse, they do plan on clearing out their doors. UNC completely skipped that and sent pretty much everyone home. Um, I think there's still some students left in the dorms there, but completely different situation than um, MSU and Notre Dame. Right, and I think like we said before with U of I, I think the university is doing everything that they can to help. You know, it's you know having people, staff, students, faculty that are on campus and need access to campus facilities to get tested twice a week and kind of enforcing that and making sure that nobody's walking around or getting into campus facilities without having, you know, that go ahead. So, I mean, what else can you really ask for? I mean, there's only so much that they can do. So it's kind of nice, but also it's just a little worrisome because, I mean, anything can happen and it can happen just as quickly as it did in March. So, yeah, I mean, we I feel like we talked about it last week too. Me and Anthony were a couple hours away from leaving for Indianapolis, and then you know everything kind of happened. Um, I was about to buy my ticket to go home to pick up my car and then come back here and pick Anthony up, but it just turned out that we it 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 wasn't gonna work out, and and then those days just everything closed up. So that was um that was an interesting time, and uh, hopefully you don't go back to that, but. I, I think the plan so far from the University of Illinois and, and the, the the ability to track people who have it and, and quarantine them um, is is one of the best in the nation. So kudos to University of Illinois for creating this live test and um, implementing this plan. Yeah, it's a shame, too, because that was going to be one heck of a car ride. Yeah, it really was. It was going to be fun. You and me on a road trip. We still haven't done it yet. So that has to come sooner or later. Hopefully next year we'll go to Indy. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get there for sure. The other thing that um, that I think is a shame is that not every university has the type of resources that Illinois does. Illinois seems above and beyond, almost head and shoulders beyond every other university right now. And like you guys said, yeah, it's great that Illinois has a good grasp on everything, but if all these other schools are shutting down because they don't have the same resources, what good is it for Illinois to even stay open? Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to see more and more, more and more schools, um, 
kind of take the procedures that U of I is taking. So hopefully it, it helps across the nation. But um, yeah, it's, it is it is a little bit of a shame that we're there. But kudos, again, kudos to Illinois um, to create create a test to, to fight COVID. And now we're just reaping the benefits. Yeah, it, it's definitely a good thing that Illinois has been on top of it. Um, and as we shift gears kind of a little bit into more of some of the sports going on right now, obviously everything on hold until at least the winter, but it seems like roster-wise for football, there's been a little bit of uh, questions about what some of these players may do, especially if you know some of the seasons take place in the fall, some in the spring. Kendrick Green actually had some interesting comments today. I figured maybe you guys would want to talk about those a little bit. Yeah, so when it Kendrick Green said today, um, Tuesday, that he thought players might be transferring, might seeking other options in the spring, um, those being the NFL draft. So it it'll be interesting. I don't I'm sure the staff is gonna try their hardest. They they it was pretty clear today that Lovey's emphasizing staying together and, and being a team still despite the fact they're not playing in the fall, but Look, I can't stress this enough. There's two options that are going to happen in college football. One, this whole thing's going to blow up in the fall. Like, I mean, we've already seen two ACC schools shut down. Um, you're either going to play football, it's going to be successful, and we can play in the spring. They're in, the Big Ten will look stupid for making that decision, and you'll play in the spring, right? Or it blows up, and we say, wow, Big Ten was ahead of the curve. Great job. We shouldn't play in the spring. This is dangerous. It's two options, right? It, it, Big Ten took the one where you feel less bad and you put players at less risk. So kudos for them. But for these players, look, sometimes you're dealt the bad hand. I know everyone's been struggling a lot during this um, this pandemic, but I, I don't think it's the right move um, for these guys to, to leave leave the school they committed to. Right. I don't think so either. Uh, And also last week, I know we did talk a lot about, you know, risk versus reward for them as far as going with the spring season. So I think that I'm kind of surprised that he came out and said it that way. But I mean, Illinois has said before they don't, you know, restrict their players from saying how they feel and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, I disagree. I I don't think that they should leave or try to find like other options. But I mean, well, it's different if they're just deciding to go to the, like just focus on the draft versus like trying to do something crazy and transfer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think those are two very different, um, very different possibilities because the draft is more, more linear because that's where they were trying to go anyway. So if they have an opportunity to right. go, why not go? But the other thing is, we saw it in basketball. A lot of these guys declared, you know, Io, Kofi, obviously, um, Luca Garza, a ton of guys declared and realized with the future of that sport so uncertain, why not go somewhere where I know, like, everything that's going to happen? You know, know my teammates, mm-hmm. know my coaches, my abilities, all of that. And you see guys like Io and Kofi who probably could have a career in the NBA now, definitely will in the future coming back. So maybe we'll see something like that when the draft comes around for the NFL in April or May or whenever it ends up but I think like you said Mariah Illinois having the not having the restrictions on these guys to to say their feelings and and things like that is obviously important but I also don't think 
leaving the school and making anything rash just because the Big Ten's trying to be safe is a good idea either. Right. And I really do think that obviously certain aspects of this subject have been majorly blown out of proportion. And I don't think that the Big Ten would be doing this to themselves and losing this amount of money if they really didn't feel that it was the best option for its players. Um, But like you said, you know, not doing anything brash. I was actually talking to a Illinois golf player who decided to come back and take the, you know, the extra year of eligibility. And he was saying, you know, it was either go pro, but then when I'm pro, I have nothing to do or do another year and come back to a team where I know what it's like. We are going to be built a lot better. We're going to be stronger, more like we're going to have ample amount of experience. And even with fall, you know, being postponed, it's still worth it other than, you know, having nothing to do and not improving as a professional and just taking that extra year and having an extra basically practice year before stepping out into a professional league. So I think that's something that they need to consider. Like every athlete should obviously consider is just like what's best for them and where they want to end up and how are they going to get there. Yeah, I mean, think about it for for baseball, and I assume basketball and football are going to do something similar too. There is no minor leagues right now. There is no development for anybody. You get drafted, you wait. So would you rather get drafted and wait until the MLB decides it's okay for the minor leagues to continue or go back and try to play your senior season, redo your senior season, that type of thing? Because you're the one that's going to be getting live at bats, coaching, instruction, instead of just sitting on your couch and watch a league try to fit 60 games into such a short season with kind of weird protocols. Like, it almost makes more sense to stay back where you know everything and, and where, frankly, it seems like there's a better plan in place. And speaking of a plan being in place, um, I think basketball is another topic that we could get into um, NCAA-wise. Plan in the winter, um, because they saw what's what's happening right now with the Big Ten in terms of football, having to cancel and postpone I think basketball has an opportunity to get a really big jump on this and potentially play a season on time in the winter, which is something they desperately want to do with all these big-time players coming back for another year. It's not only Illinois guys. It's not only Io and Kofi. The reigning Big Ten Player of the Year is coming back for another season, so they got to do anything they can to get those guys on the court and do it on time. Yeah, and I think that's going to probably look like a bubble. I'm really not... I think so I'm really too. not sure if I believe student athletes should be put in a bubble bubble because truly at the root of a sports scholarship at a university the number one thing that you, that you focus on is academics. If the NCAA does decide to do a bubble, I think it it has to admit that athletics is more important to the athletes and then you have the issue of why aren't they being compensated? The thing about the NBA, which is great for the NBA, is that these players are getting played millions of dollars. So putting them in a bubble, you know, an optional bubble, no one was forced to go, to get their money made sense. But when you start putting student athletes in there, you have to admit at some point 
that a student athlete's main intent for going to a college or a university is to play the sport. So then you get into all these other other issues. And frankly, I'm, I'm somebody who believes that student athletes should get paid certainly off their likeness and probably um, should be paid salary because, I mean, the university and NCAA makes millions and millions of dollars. These players should be getting something um, of that or e- even a better stipend um, than they do, you know, their monthly $40. So when when we start talking about a bubble, I think these problems are also going to be brought up at the same time and, and hopefully um, big-time basketball players can do something similar to um, what the football players did with Big Ten United and create some demands that might actually create some change this time because I think getting players players paid is certainly a big issue that that needs to be addressed in 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 the modern day. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you said, um, but I think you can challenge the whole point about um, the bubble because. Uh, in when you're at school, I've had classes with athletes, and then once their sport starts in season, they don't come anymore, and they take them online. They take their tests like on the road. So what's the difference of them doing that for a whole? I mean, they pretty much do it for a whole season anyway. They only have, for instance, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class, and they leave Wednesday for their weekend trip to go play, and they have only one class on campus that they might take online instead. You know what I mean? So. I think if if you they all end up doing that anyway, and then maybe have their you know I can't remember the name of the building right across from the armory, where all the athletes go to get tutored. What's the name of that building? I couldn't tell you. Right next to the hockey stadium, you know what I'm talking about, right? That I know that general. Oh yeah, area. yeah, the Irwin yeah, Center. I, I don't know the actual right? building. No. Irwin Center, yeah, Irwin Center. Killed okay, oh, so, there we go. Okay, so so why not just have a few. Irwin Center people also go in the bubble, help them with school, but then let them play. You know, I think you can send like four Irwin people to cover the basketball team or whatever, like whatever you want to do there. And then you send every every school, you know, sends a few people to help them with class to, to prove that class matters. And then you play in a bubble. I think that that's a really good idea, personally. I feel like you've really thought this through. Like, how long have you spent thinking about this? <laughs> uh, since since Pat started talking, the whole thing started coming yeah. to me. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I think you should present this information to somebody that can actually do something with it. No, I I agree. I uh, Well, honestly, Patrick, I didn't even know where you were going with that. But it all makes sense. And it's very interesting to see what kind of issues would arise from that. Um, oh, but I I do want to add that they should get paid too. Sorry, I just wanted to say I'm not against that at all. I'm with you there, Pat. So we're four athletes getting their yes. bag. Okay. <laughs> I I I don't know about salary, but definitely if they're on a billboard, you should see some of that. If they're on a jersey, yeah. you should see. Well, some that's of that. likeness. Mm-hmm. If I could rebuke Anthony real quick, the thing is, I think the NCAA has been able to hide behind this standard that players go to classes they get tutored and 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 they learn right because they have a certain guidance and, and guidelines that force players to take the tests right to um, get a certain gpa and do well in school but the fact of the matter is they get excessive help they don't go to class all the time because they have to travel to go to games and all this other thing a bunch of other things right they stop going to class so 
really has the student athlete been a student in a long time? In my opinion, they probably haven't. So it's time now to just admit that they are athletes first and students second. I think the bubble will introduce this issue more to the public and hopefully players can can band together and get paid to get more of those rights back because, like I said, you put them in a bubble and and you put them on online classes permanently, I think they're officially athletes first, students second. Yeah, and I mean, that, I mean that's a valid point. Um, right. And and that's because, because too. Because they're they're. Sorry, I just want to throw this in there. It's because ahead. they're not with the student population, right? We're all here, but they're going to be out there in the bubble. So it's it's not equal. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but at the same time, that only applies to like two or three sports because you know there's like the other ten or however many are grinding it every day in class. And that type of thing. We're not trying to discredit that, but I'm I'm leaning more towards the fact that the sports that make the money are the sports that have their athletes treated like they make the money. And there's a reason they're treated like that, and that's because they make the money. So why not put them in the bubble, give them whatever help they need academically, because they really don't do that much academically usually, and and play to make make the money that they need to because otherwise all these other sports that have students grinding just to put themselves through college because they're not going to play that sport after college and are just trying to play that sport aren't going to have to play that sport because the NCAA the Big Ten's not going to have that money because they didn't get football or basketball to play I feel like I'm conflicted in in the subject of how exactly they would get this bubble to work um not so much as oh are we gonna pay athletes and are we gonna make them go to class and it it, yeah I agree they don't go to class I've been in class with athletes for even some non-revenue sports and you know they they just stop showing up a little less when the season starts which is fine you know I'm not saying that that's a bad thing but obviously it's very much give and take. And so, like you guys said, as long as it's accepted at a certain point that, you know, athletes first and students second for some of them, it's fine. I don't think they have to be ashamed of that, especially if they're doing so well in their sport. Like, there's literally nothing wrong with that. Um, but I do think the bubble is very interesting because I just don't know how that would work. And I don't know if, like, are we talking? NBA style bubble because that's just like not I just don't know where the resources would come together for that yeah I mean it'd have to be I think the NBA style and and I would like to clarify that too no shame to the student athletes right they a a lot of them are there to be I mean the way university makes money in in the athletic department they are there to be athletes first in my opinion Um, the shame really should go to the NCAA for not paying them that's 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 the issue. It's the NCAA, not the student athletes. Yeah. So obviously, it's a hard decision to make, or even a process to begin. Which I'm sure. I mean, they haven't said anything about the future for basketball. So I I'm just curious as to what is going on because I don't know. I think <laughs> athletic departments have so much going on right now especially with trying to figure out you know if it's 
If fall seasons are postponed, how to maneuver that into spring and then into the following fall. And so there's just a lot there that obviously we can't answer, but we can um, we can always uh, try and do our best at guessing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think as far as a bubble goes, that's more of an Anthony Fauci question than an Anthony Pasquale question. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so right. how long were you waiting to use that honestly um i just googled if his first name was anthony and then i was like gotta gotta run with that but <laughs> that'll put a wrap on this edition of oski talk just kidding we have an interview for you guys with alex rue so stay tuned for that This week on Oski Talk, we welcome Alex Rue, former Illinois grad in digital media uh, for the Big Ten Network. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. How are you? Oh, we've been. I've been good. You know, it's you know, last couple of months have been difficult, but we're we're sticking in there. Yeah, it's been rocky, and obviously this week's a little rough uh, as well. But like you said, just gotta hang in there and take it one day at a time. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I want to start off. How have been the last seventy two hours? We're recording this on Wednesday. How have been the, the last seventy two hours at at BTN? Uh, it's been uncertain and hectic for sure. Just with a lot of our staff kind of waiting with the rest of the college football world to find out what was going to happen with the college football season. Um, we were kind of following it like most of the rest of the country. Just monitoring the reports and and you know we have a little bit of back channel insight just uh you know some slight heads up about what might be coming down the pike but really we don't have that much additional insight beyond the average fan uh we kind of were reacting at least in in my department i don't want to speak for some of my coworkers, but in our, in our department we were kind of reacting with a lot of the rest of the college football world um and you know we we knew that the season cancellation was a possibility, especially after this weekend's kind of adjustments made by the, the Big Ten. So we were ready for anything, and, and we were ready to react accordingly. But obviously it was a somber and still is a very somber week, just uh, having to kind of sit in the aftermath here and try to do our jobs the best we can. Yeah, that Monday, August 10th, was a weird day. Were you guys, when you first heard that original port, kind of clued in that that, that first one wasn't necessarily accurate or... Um, were you kind of in, in the dark like the rest of us? I think after the reports this weekend came out where the Big Ten was pausing workouts, we all kind of knew that this week could be rocky. Um, we didn't know much, like I said, beyond what the average fans scrolling on Twitter would would know. Like we, We're not in those meetings really with the obviously the president's and ADs and coaches and all that. So um, I think, you know, having been through a lot of uh, a lot of situations before where we can kind of read the room and, and react to what's going on in the conference, you know, we, we kind of get a sense of things. But, no, we didn't, we didn't really know for sure if the season would be canceled or they reports because, um, like I said, we're just not in those rooms. But we were ready for anything. Yeah, and, and now there's a giant gap this fall. I know here at Oski Talk, we've been talking about different things we can do, but the at, at BTN, what what is kind of the game plan now for the next, you know, six months without sports, potentially, until basketball? I should really say only three months. 
Right. So we are figuring that out as we speak. Um, but really, it's kind of an extension of how the last four to five months have gone for us, especially in my department, the digital social media department at BCN. Um, the good news is, the silver lining, if you will, is, is that our department's very used to operating with no live sports because we do it every summer when there is no sports, regardless of a, a pandemic or not. So we can kind of create content out of thin air, and we've gotten a lot better at it by necessity in the months since March Madness and the Big Ten tournament were canceled. So in the, in the last five months, we've really gotten pretty good at um, manipulating Zoom and leaning on our resources in the conference, whether that's current and former athletes or coaches, to pull off a lot of compelling content from our living rooms and, um, you know, with a lot of athletes and, and personalities that still resonate with Big Ten fans. So we might watch old highlights with them or conduct interviews that we can then turn into content that we know fans will like on social media. And we've really refined that over the last uh, four to five months, like I said. So it's been a learning curve for us for sure, but we're definitely in a better position now to fill the schedule, at least on your Twitter account, your Facebook, your Instagram, however you're going to consume Big Ten content during this extended down period. Much better position now than we were on March 10th or 11th when everything kind of came to a standstill. Yeah, can we go back to that March date? We actually talked with Mike Hall, I want to say the third or second, and he was even kind of weary then, a week ahead, that this Big Ten tournament was even going to happen. Were you guys in that same boat? Like you thought that maybe, you know, you had a week to prepare and then maybe it's all canceled, or was that just kind of a a shock to BTN? Yeah, it's kind of wild how um, this all happened. You know, March 11th date, I always remember, is everything crashing to a halt, and then August 11th is what I'll always remember is football season being canceled. So those dates are um, kind of seared in my brain, but I think the rank and file of BTN kind of started to realize the severity of the situation when, this is probably around the time you talked to Mike Hall, but when um, a lot of us were, were called back or restricted from traveling to the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis, we were, a good amount of us were planning on going like we always do to the Big Ten tournament, and about a week before, we got a mandate from Fox, our uh, our corporate owners, that non-essential travel would be restricted. So at the time, you know, myself included, a lot of us thought that that was a little strange because the virus counts in the U.S. were only in the, you know, maybe double digits or low triple digits at that point across the entire country. So it seemed like that was, you know, unnecessary at the time. Little did we know... <laughs> That precaution would, uh, you know, end up, end up saving us a lot of hassle and probably risk by the time the Big Ten tournament actually got underway the next week. Because the people who still ended up going were obviously called back. We pulled a lot of people back even before those those games were about to, to play that Thursday um, when the, the players were pulled off the court. But uh, by by that Wednesday night, most of our staff had been called back, and we kind of knew. Once the NBA called it, that that things were not looking good. But to answer your question, I mean, even even up until that Sunday game with, uh, remember the Illinois-Iowa game, obviously, yeah. and everyone still kind of thought the Big Ten tournament was going to go on, we didn't really realize, I think, just how widespread this would get until that March 10th, March 11th day when the NBA 
and Tom Hanks and, and all those kind of flashpoints in our in our memory now uh, happen. Yeah, it's a weird day. I, I know you're an Illinois grad. I was at Richmond Hall, believe it or not, when that happened. We were recording um, an episode of Line of Sports Night, um, and it, it was just one of literally one of the, the weirdest days of my life. Just when Rudy Gobert tested positive, and then it, it seemed to be just all downhill from there. Um, moving on, though, uh, talking a little bit about some Illinois stuff. Obviously, football is not happening, but maybe the chance of basketball happening. Do you just, as a guy who's been around the Big Ten, see you know us having basketball this year? You know, I I can't really speak for the conference as far as the odds of us having basketball. Obviously, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, just like from a personal standpoint, I, I can see basketball, and this is in my very limited worldview and absolutely zero expertise, but I, you know, you just envision basketball maybe being easier to pull off because there is the advantage of, of more time and smaller traveling groups and, and rosters. I mean, it's just so much a smaller operation than football. So if I was like playing, you know, playing an optimist here, I would, I would at least look to those as being something the basketball has going for it as opposed to football. But you just don't know. I mean, you see the reports, from last week that that NCAA is considering some, some bubble operations. I think just by how pro sports have, have operated, that that would be, um, you know, a wise thing to go off of. But uh, it's, just, it's just so early to tell, and we're still kind of reeling from this football news that, that you obviously hope we can get in as many sports as possible. But um, as we've seen, I'm no longer shocked by any news that comes out because, the unthinkable has really happened over the last five or six months here. Right. And and is there like kind of the next sport up mentality at BTN? Or are you guys already now thinking, well, we could we could even start previewing, you know, basketball a little bit sooner than we would have? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't really know from a broad perspective how the network's going to approach that. Um, it's still just so early. I'll I'll give you my personal perspective in my job, um, which is to cover and, and create content surrounding primarily football and men's basketball. So that, you know, 24-7, 365, that's usually my focus. Um, and with no football, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop creating football content or necessarily pay more attention to basketball. I, I kinda, I'm kind of treating it as a seasonless time period right now. Like, I, I'm, I will be just as likely, I think, to try and get a football guest on my podcast as a basketball guest right now, or try and create football content with our um, with our on-air talent as I would with like an Andy Katz with our basketball talent. So I'm not really going by season right now. I, I guess the one way I would kind of delineate it is say like, say the NFL is able to pull off the season this fall. We can maybe do some shoulder content around some NFL games, right? Like, we got plenty of, of NFL uh, players who are Big Ten alumni. So there's all kinds of ways we're looking to kind of have adjacent content where, you know, maybe maybe we could have some of our on-air talent at BTN talk about and analyze the Big Ten performances in the NFL or just talk football, you know, because I know people are going to be hungry for it. And if NFL does go off and, and get going – then we're going to look for every opportunity to at least give some of our fans, uh, you know, some Big Ten content and, and 
and let them know that we haven't gone anywhere. We're still here to to provide that service for them. That's awesome. And and I just want to get a little, as we finish up the uh, interview here, just kind of get some uh, some personal opinions here. Io and Kofi coming back is Illinois the best team in the Big Ten now, or where do you see them? Yeah, man, it's exciting. Obviously, as an Illinois grad, um, I would have them right now as the top team in the Big Ten. Um, I definitely like Iowa's roster as well. Um, they'll have to show a little bit more on defense, I think, for me to for me to put them up at one and one A on like an even level with Illinois. But at the same time, you have Wisconsin bringing all their players back. I think they're pretty close as well, and I know Michigan State fans are feeling a little slighted as well, um, just because, you know, they've won the conference a couple years in a row now, and they did lose some uh, really really significant players and pieces, and guys like Cassius Winston, Xavier Tillman, but, you know, they look at it like, we're Michigan State, we reload every year, and we should be there too, so personally, I would put Illinois at one right now going to the, the uh, preseason, and, and Iowa really, really close behind them. And then um, kind of a toss-up for that third spot with Wisconsin and Michigan State. But I, I really do hope basketball can go on unimpeded because it, it should be a really fun season to watch in the Big Ten, a really fun season to watch if you're an Illinois basketball fan. And, you know, at some point, at some point this virus is, is going to have to stop digging from us, right? Like, we've lost March Madness, Big Ten football season's on hold. Hopefully the country can, can get it together and – you know, it goes back to flattening the curve and, and proving that <laughs> that sports can go on in, in, a, in a safe manner. So I, I really hope I really hope it's able to able to happen. Yeah, absolutely, Alex. Yeah. We want to thank you for coming on Oski Talk and uh, catching up about what you're up to and what BTN's up to, and uh, giving us what we wanted to hear in terms of Illinois uh, at number one. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely, anytime, Patrick. Thanks, Alex, for coming on the podcast there. Pat, really good interview with him, just kind of about what the Big Ten Network is going to do during these tough times with nothing really to show. Yeah, I I could use some uh, more advice from Alex. Um, we're having that same problem, but I think everyone is, and, and we're trying to keep uh, up with some, some interesting topics and create a little bit of thought for our Illini fans, and uh, so is the BTN. Yeah, and, and with that, we will see you all next Monday trying to get uh, a little bit more to talk to you guys about, trying to get some interviews to make this show as best as we can for you guys. But that'll do it for this edition of Oski Talk. For Mariah Guzman and Patrick Hadazone, I'm Anthony Pasquale, ILL. I and I. I and I.